You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Boys in Booth podcast, welcome to another episode. This is episode 89. Cody Abrams and Melbourne joining you. Uh, guys, we had a great weekend together. How are we doing tonight? Yeah, it was great. Long trip home, but it was well worth it because we were able to jam-packed it full of like all sorts of activities. Uh, that golf was great. It's funny. I, I came down for two things, really. It was Father's Day and to golf with you guys. And I forgot my golf clubs in Collingwood because I took them out to uh, I took them out to vacuum my trunk and never put them back in. So came down, realized I didn't have the clubs and then made the mad scramble trying to find some clubs to borrow. And uh, thanks to Luke Vanderbaren for letting me use his. And turns out I was just striping piss missiles down the middle all uh, all day so uh i'm gonna put an offer in on his clubs and if not i'll be in golf town uh, as soon as they're open yeah you got to get the same ones you're piping it down the fairway with that driver you love that thing um boys i think like i can read the room i think we're all still recovering a bit from the weekend here we're a bit sluggish a bit you know a bit tired here it's a monday night and you know we're doing the best we can but what a weekend like what a fun time got some fun stories and you know not not many we can share on the podcast but i will say <laughs> no we had some of the the worst harp logic uh experience one of the worst i've experienced uh personally we had a tea time at 2.20 and we were supposed to film our video for, you know, and yeah, I know you're looking at me, but I wanted to bring this up. I, we were supposed to fill or to film our video in skirts playing golf because we sold more merch than we did last time. We sold over 3,700 and so that's what we promised you guys we were going to do and we still are, but Mr. Bounce Radio uh, was two hours late to our tea time. So we showed up for the back nine and by that time, you know, spirits were down and it just didn't feel like the right day to film. So we're going to we're going to make sure we get out and film a nice round next time. Casey and I are both back in, in Brockville. So I wanted to bring that up. Oh, geez. I knew that was coming up uh, one way or another. And also Great to get the Pepsi Cup uh, draft done over the weekend. You can see the teams up on our Instagram page at Boys in the Booth. And I'm excited, guys. We're uh, we're uh, about a month away from that. That was probably like we've only done. We started this auction draft last year where captains get $100 each and then you get to bid on players to build your team. And we just started it last year, but this year was by far the craziest time we've had picking teams for this. Like it was intense. We had so many deals that were that were struck between captains. A deal was broken on the draft floor. Um, you know, signings went up right until the deadline, which was at eight forty six Eastern time uh, on the Saturday night. It was intense, and because it was so intense, and because we thought it was so hilarious, and we weren't able to live stream it to a select group of listeners um, to our Pepsi Cup chat, uh, we're going to do a, a full episode on it and get the captains on and just kind of explain what happened because I think like 
it was quality entertainment and who doesn't want to hear you know adam Corey, and nate just gang up on me and tell me that my team's gonna lose because casey and i are running it back with the core here and we've lost like four years in a row but we're you know we're headstrong and we're gonna come back and we're gonna come back stronger and win this year so that'll be fun to do and just so i just wanted to plug that we're gonna probably do that in the next like week or two so stay tuned yeah that's gonna be awesome july 24th behind the Toledo Legion. Looking forward to that 2021 Pepsi Cup. And again, uh, in case you missed it, the rosters are posted on our Instagram page at Boys in the Booth. So make sure you check that out. Okay, this episode, uh, we're just going to be talking about the NHL PA player poll. That is back uh, 2020-21 edition. Uh, We're going to talk about the uh, on-ice votings and also some season opinions uh, that were included in this year's NHLPA player poll. So Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, our go-to for men's below-the-waist grooming products. Manscaped new product alert. It's time to stop, drop, and order this brand new shaving kit that they just launched. Introducing the Ultra Smooth Package, a specialized grooming shaving kit that will help you buff, protect, and smooth your most sensitive areas. I'm talking about their new Crop Shaver, Crop Exfoliator, and Crop Gel. It's time to crop that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code BITB20. From the legends who introduced the electric ball hair trimmer, we now have the razor and set to get you trimmed from front to back. Men, you no longer have to borrow your lady's razor for that precise trim. If you're like me and you like to keep things like Sidney Crosby's circa 2005, hairless that is, then this will be perfect for you. The Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package is a three-step kit to make your package the perfect package. Step 1. Crop Exfoliator. Infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, or keep skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed, the Crop Exfoliator can help you reduce the risk of ingrown hairs in your delicate places. Step 2. Crop Gel. See where you're shaving with our unique clear shaving gel just for the groin. With 4 essential oils, it's like a spa treatment every time you shave. Step 3. It's time to shave. The Crop Shaver was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. Three precision blades includes extra wide lubricating strips and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. The Crop Shaver is not just your average razor. It's a bit smaller, a bit thicker, with a micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. All three of these vegan, cruelty-free, and sulfate-free products are included so you know your manhood is in good hands. It's time to get up close and personal with the best tools for the job. The Ultra Smooth Package from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. Smooth it out, fellas, with Manscaped. Your balls, I promise you, they'll thank you. We'll start with uh, with on ice and who is the best goal scorer. So in this order, it was Austin Matthews at number one, Ovechkin at two, then David Pasternak at three, and Connor McDavid at number four. So what are your thoughts on on this, guys? Uh, the votes for best goal scorer this season. Case, we'll we'll go to you first. Yeah, you know, 
normally with this player pool i kind of want to start off by saying this because normally i see some of the votes in here that it's just like i don't know if this is just a respect thing or if the players you know they see something different because they're actually playing the game you know, crazy enough um but sometimes you get some votes that are just kind of out there i did a quick glance at the first couple questions here and it turns out that i agree with mostly all of this and this this who's the best goal scorer is is maybe exactly in the order of how i would vote for this mm-hmm. in in percentage and everything and maybe one player that's missing on there for me is Braden point but i'm also fairly biased there because i just he's my favorite player not on the devils but in this order exactly is how i would have the best goal scorer matthews ovechkin pasternak mcdavid you know there's there's a couple guys that you can throw in there and um other got 9.34 percent so there i'm sure there's a bunch of other guys that got less than uh mcdavid here at 4.56 so i mean this is the first time i haven't been kind of confused looking at this nhl player poll and it starts with this question yeah well i think starting with this one makes a lot of sense uh it's kind of low-hanging fruit it's an easy one to pick whether you're you know someone who talks about the game as an analyst or a coach or gm or if you're an actual player i think it's quite easy for this specific question to point towards who you think the best goal scorer is there might be some debate i mean clearly but uh yeah the guy who scored the most goals in the league this year one of my favorite players (laughs) austin matthews of course you're going to say he's the best goal scorer in this poll um case i I liked how you brought up and i I sort of wanted to touch on the same thing like you you go through and you look at this poll every year and there are some head scratchers for sure and you can chalk that up to one of two things like you said it's either respect you know players respecting you know other players who have been in the league for a long time and you don't want to shy away from giving them the praise because they've been there done that we've seen that in the past on this poll with Carey Price specifically that, like that's one that comes up all the time and it's always like oh you know players vote Carey Price I think last year like 60% of players said Carey Price was the best goalie in the league or something and we did an episode and we had there were some head scratchers and that was one of them but I mean in the playoffs look at them now so it's it's a bit of a respect thing and that's one avenue that they go but also you could chalk it up to okay and again like you said case these guys are on the ice maybe they see the game differently and that's kind of why I think it's fun to just sort of go through this and like chat about it and see where we disagree and like how yeah. our perspective is different so Glad yeah, you brought and there that is up. there is another thing to to take into consideration here is is simply math. Like there's yeah. 482 voters on this one question, so McDavid would have had 22 guys vote for him, and I'm sure that you know half those guys are Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> yes, so. that's that's some simple <laughs> math, and that's something to to really take into account because it gets it gets better for that later on when you start there, talking about there is defensemen and stuff. there is one question that i'm going to bring that up again okay for, for sure <laughs> we'll be waiting on it but yeah for this one in summary i think it it makes sense uh Harp, what what were your thoughts on this well yeah like the guy right at the top you've got the rocket richard winner for this year and then the guy right behind him is uh the the guy who sits uh, sixth on the all-time nhl goals list and so it just it makes perfect sense and Pasternak as well that guy can fill the net and I'm honestly surprised that McDavid hasn't had like a 50 goal season or something yet I don't think it would surprise any of us if he did and maybe ended up winning the Rocket Richard trophy one year so you got to include him too and yeah none of these guys are a surprise for for this uh, for this vote 
Well, he had like over 30 this year, didn't he, in 56 games? And then he had over yeah. 70 assists. So, I mean, he was on pace to do it. So, uh, or at yeah. least pretty close. So, well, typically he only scores on either end to end rushes, or if there's no other option to pass the puck, then he'll score. Yeah. And there's no one really passing him the puck other than Jai Seidel. So, yeah, he, he, he gets more assists. He he can do it though, man. Like I don't think he gets enough credit. And Steve Dangle said this. I was listening to his podcast, and he said the same thing. He's like, McDavid doesn't get enough credit. Like that guy is obviously the best player in the league. So dangerous every time he touches the puck. Touches the puck. But everyone thinks of him as a passer. But the guy can rip it too, and he scores mm-hmm. a lot of his goals just like you said on breakaways. And he's got the quick hands, so he can kind of do everything. And he doesn't well, get enough credit for his goal scoring. Keep, keep that in mind, Chad. Keep that in mind. Another one down the road here. Okay, got it. Awesome. All right. Uh, we'll move on to best defenseman. So Victor Hedman finished first uh, in voting for best defenseman in the NHLPA player poll. Uh, and then Roman Yossi, number two, of course, last year's Norris Trophy winner. Uh, Kale McCarr at three. Drew Doughty at number four. And then John Carlson at uh, at number five. So, uh, Chad, we'll go to you with this one. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the guys who were voted best defenseman. Uh, this season well this is what we were just talking about right like breaking it down to simple math and you know if only 500 guys vote and 2.7 percent of them say drew Doughty is the best defenseman in the league that's like you know half the la kings that voted for him so i, I yeah. mean like i don't uh, know this There's is exactly respect the one thing. i said i was going to bring it up yeah. down the road because yeah drew Doughty getting 2.73 percent is like maybe another guy out there who likes him and then the la kings voters because they watch him every single day and it's like compare him to the other defensemen on that team yeah he's a freaking stud so but i do like this vote because this is the biggest landslide victory out of any vote that victor hedman is the best defenseman it's um multiple times in a row i think three seasons in a row that victor hedman has won this and he got 64.7 percent of the vote and then roman yossi was second with 7.3 so it's just clear that everyone in the league knows that this guy is the top dog and i i love that i respect it so much there's a couple guys that uh I'm reading here it barely missed out from the top five. One of them a little surprising to me to be getting the votes is Seth Jones because, you know, he's kind of become a polarizing player that some guys, you know, some people say he's overrated. Some people say he's underrated. He's just right across the board. And then even being a Columbus Blue Jackets player, he's playing with another pretty good defenseman in Wierenski. So it's like... How did you make that decision to vote for Seth Jones? It's kind of interesting. Yeah, personally, I think Wierenski's better. I think Jones is now becoming sort of uh, an analytics nightmare for a lot of people who follow that, but an eye test uh, darling, I guess you could call him. So he's, that's how he's polarizing. Totally get that. I think someone's going to overpay for him in the in the offseason here. I think it's inevitable, yeah. um, you know, being the big dog at, in free agency, but yeah, it's uh, th- th- this this pick here or, or this poll having Hedman at sixty five percent. I agree, Case. That is the most like that is the craziest thing here because if sixty five percent of the five hundred players agree that you're the best guy in the league, you're the top dog. Like multiple years in a row, that's pretty impressive. I will say though, too, this seems like the Norris Trophy again which doesn't value actual defense out of defensemen. So you see on this list, 
most of the guys who get the most points in the league. And I think that's why John Carlson is probably there at number five. But, you know, you'd love to see like a Pollock or a, a, a Pellich or something on there. Like, you know, we've seen this playoffs. But, you know, it is what it is. And it's the player. Well, polls, that, so I would agree mostly with that statement. But I think when it comes to Victor Hedman, he's so good at actually closing guys out. And he's so yeah. good on defense that that's why he got 65% of the vote. Maybe yeah. some of the other guys are there for that reason. But I also think that that doesn't surprise me when it comes to the players. When it comes to actually voting for Norris, I expect it to be a little more weighted towards some defense, in my opinion. But when it comes to the players, it's like if I'm a forward in the league who who doesn't put up you know the the points to be in the voting in any of these and then i see john carlson putting up 80 points i'm going yeah that guy's fucking sick i'm gonna give him my vote so you know if they can do it on defense and i can't do it on forward yeah i'm gonna be voting for them yeah fair enough Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really good point to bring up case like the the guys contributing to this that don't put up a lot of points like they're they're being honest about how tough it is to play against these guys and yeah. so uh that that's a really good point to bring up and yeah i mean victor hedman at at uh close to to 65 here it's 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 no surprise like there's just no flaws in the guy's game at all so um no that's that's very clear for sure uh, we'll move on to best goaltender now and uh andre vasilevsky number one at a uh, little over 54 uh, percent mark andre Fleury at number two Carey Price at number three, Connor Hellebuck at four, and Tuka Rask at number five. Uh, so, Chad, we'll we'll go back to you again, uh, given that uh, you know you are a goaltender. And so, what are your thoughts on uh, on these votes? I mean, Vasilevsky is a no-brainer. That's exactly who you would expect, no matter if you're a player, coach, GM, analyst, fan, whatever. You look at the eye test you look at the analytics like he's the best goalie in the league I, I don't think there's an argument to be made that he's not I mean we've seen some goalies in this playoffs have some really good stretches and and even guys in the regular season get hot down the stretch or whatever and put up really good numbers but it, everything points to Vasilevsky and I'm glad the players notice that and give him the respect that he deserves because He's still young and, you know, around the league to be considered by your peers as the best goalie by another landslide victory here. Like, that's pretty impressive. And like I said before, like, I think last year um, and I can pull it up here if, you know, we want the actual number. But I think last year, Carey Price was at something ridiculous, like 60 percent of the players thought that he was the best in the league. So for it to flip flop that quickly and to go to a guy like Vasilevsky, like I, I think that's crazy, but I think it's also deserved. He's he's really, really good. Yeah, I'm really happy to see him get this recognition from the players because I see so many times in comment sections and like um, a bunch of armchair douchebags at home saying that Vasilevsky's playing on Tampa Bay. No wonder he's so good. But like this one's just just clearly guys that are playing against him saying he's the best it's simple and uh yeah it does end a uh, run of carrie price getting this vote three years in a row yeah so i, I am kind of happy to see that that because it's you know if it wasn't for this playoffs and i saw carrie price in this voting again i'd be like hey guys let's stop living in the past but yeah. now this playoffs gives him that 8.25 percent in my head so um definitely the five guys i expect to be up here i don't really I, off the top of my head i can't really think of who's who's really missing for me personally but 
like these guys all deserve some votes and, and it makes a ton of sense to me. And it's always my favorite one to see the voting on because it really is. I think the guys on the ice know this question better than any of the other questions in this, right? Other than maybe player personalities because they actually interact with players rather than us just seeing press conferences. But you know, analytics, 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 geez. <laughs> and, uh, and I test aside actually trying to put the puck in the net on these guys is, is the best test and the players know best. So it's great to see this vote and it's great to see a swap. So I yeah. like it. it. Vasilevsky is the perfect mix of both technical and aggressive and athletic. So he's sort of, he's in between there. He can do it all. And I, I'm glad you brought that up case. So many people make the argument that, Vasilevsky wouldn't be as good if he were on a, a worse team, you know, and then talk about a guy like John Gibson, who normally fills that category. Like, oh, that's a guy maybe I think could be here, but he didn't have a great season. But a lot of people say Gibson would be a lot better if he played for Tampa. Well, and then they say the opposite. Vasilevsky would be a lot worse if he played for a team like Anaheim. But I, that's not fair to say. The people who say that haven't looked at the actual underlying numbers. And my favorite stat, goal saved above expected. Vasilevsky is right there at all times. So this is a really good pick. And I did pull it up from last year because we made a pick or we made a post about this on uh, our Instagram page, at Boys in the Booth. And Carey Price didn't get as much as I thought he did, but he got 42% last year um so he was still number one vass got 17 flurry with nine and then bobrovsky with six percent last year so i I think think, go ahead maybe the most interesting point we're leaving out here is that other got 19.66 percent so there's just yeah the goalies are good in this league (laughs) well i think it's a bit i think it's a bit of that and i also think it's a bit of like just the fact that goalies are unpredictable. You don't know who's going to be the best from year to year. I mean, other than some staples like who are here right now, but goal, goalies are voodoo guys. Like we know that, like who, who would have thought, you know, Carter Hart would have been the worst goalie in the league this year or one of after an incredible season the year before. Like you just never know with goalies. Yeah. And I think that's why other is such I'm, a significant. I'm portion. also having a hard time not voting for my goalie. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also Unless Jack my Campbell goalie was won Carter Hart this year or something like that, you know. <laughs> Jack Campbell won 11 games in a row this year and had, you know, record-breaking numbers for the Maple Leafs organization. I wonder if he got some votes. Surely. You know, did. this year alone too, like I I wonder if a guy like UC Saros got any votes because yep. of the way that he just broke out and carried the Nashville Predators that second half of the season when it looked like it was all over. Uh, you know, when we were first starting to talk about the lead up to the trade deadline and just carries them to a playoff spot. And yeah. he played, he played very well. So I-, I wonder about a guy like that too, but yeah, no question. Great to see Vasilevsky at number one on this list. And, you know, there's so many people out there that say, um, you know, whether it's the armchair guys or whatever that say that, uh, oh, like, you know, not good to pay a goaltender, you know, a huge price tag or whatever. Well, like uh, all three of these guys at the top of this list, big price tags, all former first round picks. They're they're all in the final four of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like these guys are worth it and they're good. Harp, it's funny you bring that up because that's something I showed you guys uh, the last time we recorded, just kind of after. I I was talking about um, the breakdown of positional breakdown of salary cap and what teams were at the top. And when it comes to the teams that pay their goalies the most, 
Montreal Canadiens are number one. Vegas Golden Knights are number two. Florida. Tampa Bay, number four. So right there, the top four were, were teams that one of them made the playoffs and the rest of them are still in the final four right now. So you do yeah. still have to pay your goalies. It's it's simple as that. Yep. No, no question. All right, we'll move on to uh, the most complete player and uh, voted the most complete player in the NHL this season. Sidney Crosby, number one, 23.78%. Patrice Bergeron following him. Then Alex Barkov of the Florida Panthers. Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, and Anze Kopitar of the LA Kings. Uh, so, Case, I know you love Kopitar. We'll go to you and your thoughts on on him being uh, being in there, uh, just you know, at the bottom of the of the voting for this, and and uh, on the other players overall. Yeah, it's funny that Kopitar is just a player that I think deserves so much res- more respect than maybe he gets in this league. Um, and it's great to see him here because of the all around and like most complete player. He's been there in the Selk so many times. And it's like, guys, we got to start recognizing how good Kopitar has been on both a good LA Kings team winning cups and a bad LA Kings team. But our, you know, maybe the biggest story here is the, 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 the debate that's going to be going on for forever of our generation and it's talking about Sidney Crosby and Patrice Bergeron who are tied in this vote at 23.78% yeah, and yeah. and then maybe kind of a, a shot to point out there is that Cole, or McDavid and, and McKinnon are, are down in this voting a little bit when, when you're talking about the best player in the league well I guess the players kind of respect these guys a little more than just for points. That's Sidney Crosby and Patrice Bergeron and now uh, Sasha Barkov up there too. Yeah, I I like this pick. It looks just like the self Selkie trophy voting here, to be honest. Like you've got the usuals. Yeah. You've got Bergeron. You've got Barkov. You've got Kopitar. Um, my question is, where's Mark Stone? And where's Austin Matthews? Because I I think I, they should both be in the conversation. I was just kind of thinking that myself, but then I looked down at other getting twenty point five nine percent. So I think they're in there somewhere. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> got to be it. But I mean, you can make the argument for you know McDavid and McKinnon because while McDavid specifically isn't great in his own end, um, he doesn't have to be, and he's the best point producer in the NHL and is the best player in the NHL so I think he has to be in there even if he's not the most complete by a traditional definition meaning playing defense and then same with McKinnon he's not unbelievable like a guy you know like Barkov or Bergeron in his own zone but he's able to do it you know effectively at both ends so he definitely has to be there but yeah those are my main concerns like the two players that I mentioned it has to be um, you know Stone and Matthews. I think they should be in here somewhere. But like you said, I they, I guess they're lumped in in the twenty percent for for others. So it makes sense. But so the point I kind of want to tie with this one, and it's actually the next question. So we're gonna knock off two here at once. But in complete contrast, to this one is the next one, which is if you need to win one game, who is the one player, any position you would want on your team? And Connor McDavid wins this one over Sidney Crosby and then McKinnon, Bergeron, Vasilevsky, a goalie getting the nod there, and Patrick Kane, the last. But it's funny to me that Connor McDavid is is getting 7.22% of the most complete player vote. He's uh he's only 4.56 of the best goal scorer. And there's another 
vote down here that I'm a little surprised that he got slighted in as well. But yet, 36.74% want him on their team to win one game. Yeah. And to add to this is that the the point that everyone's bringing up constantly that you know, sure, he's the best player in the world, but he can't get it done for them in the playoffs. He can't carry the team enough to win a playoff series. So this vote still is kind of an interesting one to me. Maybe one of my favorite votes in this whole player poll because it's it's such a, a bias and, and such a, you know, a personal opinion. So I like this one. I like this one too. And I like it because even though McDavid hasn't had success in the playoffs with the Oilers, the majority of the league still picked him as a player they want to have on their team to win one game, um, you know, like game seven or whatever. And I respect that because that tells me that the players understand how much circumstance and luck and heart and determination and grit and, and size and everything goes into it, into a game. And it can't just be one player. And it's not just McDavid's fault that they can't get through, you know, yeah. And it's it, that tells me that the players understand that and they respect him, even though he was a, he didn't, uh, you know, get past the first round and he wasn't able to to do much in the playoffs. So that gives me, you know, a, a bit of hope that the players I'm glad they feel that way because McDavid is unbelievable. And I've heard so many armchair GMs again say that, like, you know, you ask him the same question, who would you want? And a lot of them don't say McDavid because there's that narrative that he hasn't been able to get it done in the playoffs. But even though that team, that Oilers team is essentially a one line team, it's not all McDavid's fault. It's a team game. And I'm glad the players recognize that. If you were to ask me this question, I would have to go with a goalie. Like I personally, I just think goaltending is so important. And if you have a good goalie and you get him in a game where he, he seems unbeatable, like to me, if you ask me this, I'm picking Vasilevsky all day long. And, and I mentioned for a million reasons why I love this player, but I think goaltending is a position that, similar to a pitcher in baseball, they can really just take control of a game and sort of the, sort of win or lose it. But the them. thing is, I would I would pick a goalie if this question was if you had to win one series, mm. which player would you take? Because there's such yeah. variability when it comes to picking a goalie. What if he has an off night? What if he gets yeah. some shitty bounces? There's so much less riding on picking one other player from another position than picking a goalie that's all or nothing that's a good point because if you're a player and you have a couple bad shifts you're able to bounce back and most of the time if you have a bad shift it doesn't end up in the back of your net if you're a goalie and you have a bad um i guess shift they're on the whole time but call it a shift a bad zone time in your own zone for 20 seconds you you get scored on and then your team's down so that yeah. that's a good point i i yeah, understand so that i agree with what you're saying but i would i would only go with that if it was for a series i'd be picking vasilevsky fair enough mm-hmm. yeah no i i agree with that too and because uh and you know what like it's just it's it's great to see uh to Va- to see vassy on uh on here for uh for this vote but uh you know you've got the three best players in the world in my opinion uh right at the at the top of this with mcdavid leading the way and obviously crosby and mckinnon following you know you need a, a big rush a big play a goal whatever uh in a game to to win you a game uh those yeah. are the three guys that you want so well, it's, uh, and, it's, yeah. it's the three best players in the world and then it's also maybe maybe the two most clutch guys 
in the world in Patrick yeah. Kane and Patrice Bergeron. So it's like, yeah, maybe Bergeron's not not so much clutch, but it, as that like all around uh, player, reliable, Patrick predictable. Kane, Patrick Kane. If you had to ask me one overtime period who I'm picking, it, it might be Patrick Kane. Yeah. Like oh, or a or a shootout like <laughs> yeah, showtime <laughs> you know, maybe. And, and Patrice Bergeron talking about him, like, you know, you need a guy who uh, is clutch in the face-off circle, like, in the dying seconds of a game. I mean, that's the guy. Like, yep. True. It, there's no question. So, all right, guys, good stuff. Uh, we'll move on to who has the best shot and uh, voted uh, for this at the top. Uh, number one is Alex Ovechkin, close to 49%. Uh, Austin Matthews at number two, no surprise there. Then Shea Weber at three, Patrick Liney at four, and Nathan McKinnon at five, David Pasternak at six. So quite a few guys here that just have uh missiles for yeah. for shots in this league uh what are your thoughts on this case yeah i kind of th- think this is a funny question because all of these guys have a different shot from yeah. each other you know when you talk about ovechkin winning this it's probably because he has the best overall overall shot and uh then you talk about matthews he's got that kind of like toe drag pull it in wrister the quick release that he has shea weber has a cannon of a slap shot patrick Line's know similar to to the matthews and it's a really quick release and like a lot of power behind it and then nathan mckinnon is he shoots without even slowing down at all like that's mm-hmm. his shot and oh, pasternak's yeah. kind of similar to a vetchkin where he's all around good shot but i just i think it's funny how there's that breakdown of like everyone views this question a little different they go who has the best shot well fuck shea weber hits it like 105 <laughs> miles an hour yeah so they they jump to him or or they think about ovechkin at the top of the circle sending cannons like they may not have voted for him as the best goal scorer anymore but he sure has the best shot so yeah i, th- yeah. I think this is a funny question and i'm not surprised by anyone on this list you know me neither I think it just depends how you interpret it personally, like the player who is asked, how they interpret the question. Because, you know, I think back years ago when the Maple Leafs would hold their own skills competitions, Chad Kilger, who you guys, I don't even know if you would remember that name, but I do. Okay, good, good. Chad Kilger ripped a shot. I think it was like 104, which was the fastest in the league that year. And but he wasn't at the All-Star game. He was just at the Maple Leafs thing, so not many people saw it. So it was like, you know, so who has the best shot? Well, it could be a bully in the league, like a guy like Zach Sanford or someone who can just blast it, but you're probably well, not going to pick him as the best shot, right? Two years ago, Martin Furk yeah. um, won the uh, AHL skills competition hardest shot with yep. a shot harder than every guy in the NHL. So it's, yeah. Kind of so so it's like who has the best shot do you pick a guy like that i mean you're probably not thinking that but depending on how you interpret it i guess you could and that's why a guy like weber is there for sure because like mm-hmm. weber he doesn't score that many goals like he's a defenseman but he blasts it like 105 miles an hour and it can rip through twine and literally has so that's why he's there. Matthews, like you said, Kay's deceptive, like whatever, curl and drag, Ovechkin, he's, he's got that set up in the slot. I wanted to ask you guys this because as soon as I saw this poll, this was the one that I was sort of mind blown that the players didn't pick a specific guy to vote on for best shot. Um, 
who do you guys think like who do you guys think it is that i'm thinking of it do you have any he's not on this list he's not on the list like who do you think it is i was blown away he wasn't here i really thought the players would pick him mcdavid no Ice. i don't have a clue who would i don't be know out of, out of the guys on my screen right now i thought for sure the players would put steven stamkos on this list because uh, although Stammer doesn't score like he used to, I mean, he had 60 goals one year for Christ's sakes. He doesn't do that anymore. But you think about that Tampa power play, who's winding up and just burying it in the back of the net when he gets a chance and just slinging arrows. It's Stammer. He's got a, he's got a rocket. I'm just really surprised that he wasn't in this. So the thing with that is for you to think about Steven Stamkos, you have to forget about Braden Point, Kucherov, Victor Hedman. Like, there's so many guys that can shoot the puck on that team that you know a great shot just blends in with the rest of the great the great shots on that team. Whereas yeah. the other guys on this list, maybe it's a little more of a of a standout thing. And you got two guys winning Rocket Richards on this list. A third guy tied for it, Nathan McKinnon, one of the best players in the league. It's like, yeah, these guys are a little easier to remember because they're on the forefront of your mind compared to maybe a Stammer. Because yeah. they're more recent too, right? Yeah. Like that's another thing. Stammer hasn't put in a bunch of goals recently. Like like yeah. I said, he had sixty a bunch of years ago, and he was incredible. But he hasn't mm-hmm. done it. But then again, this isn't for who's the best goal scorer. We already did that. That was the very first one. This is just best shot. Yeah. So I really thought the players would vote him in. But I guess, you know, for maybe some of the reasons Casey said, that's why they didn't. Yeah, there, there's some recency bias involved with, with a poll like this, for sure. Um, and, and actually, I, I got to be honest with you guys. This is the one poll I was looking forward to, to talking about the most. And you guys said, like, it's just interesting to see the breakdown. Like, five out of the six guys here all have those like they can plant their feet somewhere and just rip one timers like crazy hard shots but then you've got a guy like mckinnon probably the best in the league at shooting on the fly on the rush coming down the wing with a ton of speed not slowing down at all and just ripping it past the goaltender and this is a bit of a hot take guys but i think there's one young player that i look at who could make this poll in the future and get some votes can you guys take a guess he's in the playoffs right Cole now on the final. yes yeah <laughs> i was talking about caulfield the other this weekend actually with my uncles who are big habs fans and i was saying that like when i watched him in the leaf series i know he's like this huge goal scorer or whatever but he's a dangerous passer too like, yes he is that's yes. what i've noticed about him like he's the he was the only guy on the habs when they were playing the leaves that i thought every time he touched the puck he was dangerous so and i think that's because he can pass and shoot i was gonna say phil mm-hmm. kessel for this one he rips it off the rush think, clearly I, not recent but yeah you're living in the past on that one i know i'm just yeah, that's the thing i love about nathan mckinnon is he'll come down the wing skating like 34 kilometers an hour and then in the blink of an eye sends it like 134 kilometers an hour in the back of the net and it's like i don't yeah. even when he shot the puck yeah mcdavid's pretty good for that too but he likes mm-hmm. to get in a bit tighter and do a deke but he can do it both i i hate to say it too just with you know given what's going on with him between him and the organization but another guy very good at shooting on the fly is is jack eichel i will say i have literally never just hasn't got the opportunity to shoot the puck in the last four years because he's been (laughs) in his defensive zone the whole time (laughs) he's gonna be the best seattle kraken to ever play i'll tell you that oh geez 
<laughs> the best Anaheim duck to ever play. God. Um, okay, uh, so that was great, and we'll move on to uh, the poll for the best stick handler in the league. And so Patrick Kane at close to 50%, Connor McDavid at number two, uh, Nathan McKinnon at three, Austin Matthews at four, Matt Barzell, we're seeing him for the first time in the NHLPA player poll for this season, and then Alex Barkov uh, at the bottom of that poll at 1.26%. So thoughts on this? guys I, really i'm not surprised at all seeing kane and and mcdavid at the top i mean kane's just been doing this forever like silky mitts on this guy so chad uh, we'll go to you what are your thoughts on this for sure kane silky mitts no brainer mcdavid is a better stick handler than half of the league when he's skating full speed so he's in yeah. there for sure like, that's the thing for me is like you know, in the back of my head, of course, I know that Patrick Kane has the best hands. It's just known in the league. Yeah. Um, but you know, he doesn't do personally, it personally. Kilometers to McDavid, my vote because I just get so blown away when someone can be that good, that fast, and and never slow down once. And that's why I love McKinnon's shot, and that's why I love McDavid's hands. They're doing it at full speed ahead. But guys, there's one player. Still in the playoffs today that I'm blown away isn't on this list right now. Certainly going to be on the next vote, but that's uh, Nikita Kucherov. That mm-hmm. guy got some freaking ridiculously sneaky hands, and I just yeah, he sure does play hockey. It must be because you didn't see a lot of them over the season, so right. there's a bit of a recency bias. If you don't see a guy, how well, would you vote for him? a guy who didn't play in the season? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I'll say that I'm really happy to see Barzell in this because even though I hate the Islanders, I love Matt Barzell. I think he's a great player. And, yeah, me too. And you know he's a very good stick handler and he's he's good with the puck. And evidence of that are his uh, you know zone entries. He is the best in the league at the transition game, getting from his zone into the other zone untouched. And obviously that comes from his incredible stick handling. So I'm really happy to see him get some love for that because there's nobody better in the league. However, I would like to see Braden Point here as well because I think he's also good, very good in the transition game, and he's just sneaky, nasty. But there are just so many good players, right? Like, how do you how do you choose, right? So, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think it makes sense. All these guys totally make sense. No, absolutely. And like you know, Kane's just got the most ridiculous YouTube videos. Like some of the tricks he's doing in practice, and and going through all those pucks, and not a single one moves. Like, are you kidding me? And they go the length of like the blue line or something. It's just it's crazy. And then seeing McDavid stand like on the hash marks in warm up, and just like go around with the puck, like bring it into his feet and go like back up top with it and just holding on to it the entire time. It is amazing to watch those guys stick handle with it. But yeah, all these guys in this poll makes a lot of sense. Now I will say this, if we're doing this for the Pepsi cup, I'm telling you right now, the best stick handler at the tournament, number one, Micaiah Calder, number two, Nate Ganyu. Any objections to that, guys? No, nailed it. I think I, I think that's exactly the ball hockey stick handlers right there. I mean, <laughs> if we're talking pond hockey, Adam James is up there. But yeah, yeah. And you know what? You, you could even throw uh, Jamesy at number three 
for for like the list for Pepsi Cup stick handlers, I think personally. I would agree, but he's a goalie now, so I think that excludes True. Him. So but just wanted to bring that up since we're in the whole Pepsi Cup mood. But yeah, let's uh we're we're about forty minutes in, forty five or whatever, so let's keep her going here and then wrap up pretty soon sound good yeah that's right we're gonna get to our last on ice poll here and then we're gonna get to season opinions and and we'll wrap it up after that okay uh so who is the best passer and uh we're seeing uh, a few guys here for the first time on the poll so nick backstrom one of the best passers in the game uh voted number one 20.72 patrick kane at number two leon dreisaitl kind of surprised we're seeing him for the first time uh yeah. in this nhl uh, pa player poll he's at number three mcdavid at number four his teammate right behind him mitch marner uh, right there as uh, as well as we get to the bottom and Sidney Crosby wrapping up this poll at 4.23%. So, uh, Case, thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is one of those votes where the players on the ice obviously are thinking about other things than we are because, you know, it, if you asked most fans this question, I don't think Backstrom's going to be number one but obviously the guys know something and then they've been watching him do it forever and this is another one where if kucherov played all season i expect him to be number one on this vote um i like mitch Marner here because i know that it's cool to have him there as a toronto fan but it's also probably infuriating to have him there because he's that player that everyone's going shoo because he passes too much it's like oh my god shoot the puck in the wide open net you don't have to pass three more times but yeah that's my opinion i uh, man that struck a chord with me i totally i totally feel that when mitch has the puck i feel like he has an opportunity whether it's to pass or shoot and he has both options open and then he does three more stick handles and a spinorama, and then he flips it out front of the net. And then Matthews grabs it, does five stick handles, fights off three guys, and puts it in. Mitch gets the primary assist, but Matthews did most of the work. That's how I feel. Yeah. I like Mitch, very good player. I probably have him in the best passer list because he does make a, a, you know some incredible plays. But so frustrating to watch, as you mentioned. But. Yeah, good point, Case, with not, you know not thinking of Backstrom as number one. I know Backstrom is very good, and there are some other very good passers around the league, but uh, that's the beauty of the player poll, like you said, because the guys know and they watch it, and we you know kind of take it for granted or maybe he gets overshadowed a bit because Ovi is such a good goal scorer or like you know because there are other players, maybe he gets forgotten. But I'm glad he's he's brought up here. You always see. You always love to see, you know, guys like that getting love. Uh, Harp, good point. First time seeing Dreisaitl. Weird. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, he might be another player who's a bit overshadowed because of McDavid. So it makes sense, but uh, doesn't get quite the respect he deserves. So fair enough there. But other than that, like, I can't think of anyone else really who, like, sure, there are guys who are in the conversation still, but I can't think of any, you know, real snubs or, or players that we totally forgot about. I guess maybe I'd like to see a defenseman, a guy who chucks the puck up ice, but most of the offensive defensemen now just like to carry it. So they're, they're you know, less stress, stretch passes in the NHL. So maybe that plays into it. So, yeah, good, good uh, vote here. Not much that I disagree with, honestly. 
Yeah, not much more I, I can say. I mean, uh, those are all great players uh, in this poll. So anyway, guys, that does it for the on-ice uh, portion of uh, the 2020-21 NHL uh, PA player poll. And we'll wrap the episode uh, here, episode 89. Uh, we'll wrap it up with uh, season opinions from this year. And so I don't think this is a surprise to any of us that uh, we're, we're starting with this one that um, players want to return to the normal divisions next year and uh, they don't want to continue with these regional divisions uh, that we saw this season they want to get back to uh, all kinds of normal next season get back to the normal divisions next year and uh, so 68.2 percent of players saying no they want to go back to normal 31.8 percent saying yes that they'd uh, they'd stick with the current divisions that we saw this season now thoughts on this guys so so to me here um 68 point you know most of that 68.2 percent that said they'd like to go back to the old uh divisions are either players in the east or metropolitan division or the north division east mm-hmm. because oh my god get me out of this division it's so freaking good i don't want to play in this division anymore and yeah. north i don't want to go to vancouver to play a divisional game when i live in ottawa so yeah. to me those two make total sense but yeah i don't know the i guess that's their opinion and they're living this life so personally i kind of like some of the divisions that we saw maybe the north that one didn't really work out even though it's probably the coolest um idea out of all of them but i don't know i i like i like having the metro east division because there's just that hate back with all the the teams that you know you can throw a rock and hit your neighbor and and it's a guy on the other team so um yeah you know i have my opinions about this one but i i can see where the players are coming from yeah, for sure. Totally agree. I think um, you know the North Division, very cool, but also the novelty wore off pretty quickly when you realize that it seemed it seemed to be weaker. And I mean, maybe that's not the case because Montreal is giving Vegas a, a tough time in the playoffs. But you know, who's to say about that? But it just seemed to be. Um, you know, a, a bit odd. There were some really bad teams like Ottawa and Vancouver and Calgary were not good. It just seemed like it didn't really work. And then add on to that, the travel. So normally when you travel, for the most part within your division, you stay within your time zone. I don't, even, I don't think there's a single team that goes outside of their time zone within their own division. But in the north... You're, you're traveling to Vancouver, like you said, Case, if you live in Montreal. And right there, that's, I don't know how many hours difference, but that jet lag, that travel, like that takes a toll on players and no chance they want that. So if, if they're playing in the North, like I guarantee, you know, any of these players and any of these teams, that's what they said. Does this, that sucks. Does this question have more to do with um, playing all your games within the division or is this going back to the old divisions, do you think? I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. Oh, because if I'm... Oh, then I'm voting no, because let's play some other freaking teams. I got a little yeah. tired of, of playing the same guys so many yeah. times. I Personally, I don't think yeah. that's how it was meant. I think it was like, do you want the Atlantic and the Central and whatever back to normal? But So if you're, if you're like a Leafs fan or a Habs fan, 
like, yeah, you don't want the jet lag, but you also don't want to go back to your normal division, the Atlantic, and just get bullied by, like, you know, the two Florida teams and Boston. So that's going to be challenging and difficult. But, it, like, at the end of the day, it's about the players and how they feel and the traveling and whatever. So I, I totally understand why almost 70% of the players want to go back to normal and just to, to feel normal, you know. Well, speaking of uh, of traveling, uh, this next one has has a lot to to do with that, and whether the players would uh, like to continue on with a series style schedule, uh, whether they'd like to continue with that or not. And uh, the answer is is yes. Sixty six point three percent of the players saying that they would like to continue that style of schedule. Thirty three point seven percent of players in this poll saying no, they wouldn't. And again, Again, you know, we just mentioned uh, traveling, trying to make it easier and uh, having a series styled schedule certainly does that, you know, like in, in, in baseball where you have a three game set against the team, you know, Colorado goes to, to see Minnesota and, and for, for three games, you know, and, and a back to back and then a day off and then play that third game or whatever definitely cuts down on travel. Um, and uh, yeah, no surprise for me, at least, that the players want to keep this going. I'm more surprised that it wasn't a more of a higher percentage. And yes, because, you know, I, I kind of have a hard time figuring out why they wouldn't want the series style. Perhaps it kind of has something to do with maybe you're a player that's in a rut or you're a team. Your whole team is in a little bit of a rut. Well, it's kind of hard to get out of that rut if you play Tampa Bay the next four games, you know? So maybe there's something like that. But personally, if I'm in the league and or as a fan, I think it's great to have these series throughout the season, just like kind of like baseball. It's easier on the players to for traveling and for staying there. And then it's also much more entertaining when, again, it's like a playoff series in, in the season where you play the Rangers three days in a row while someone's getting punched in the face game three. So it's great. Yeah, it, I think it's a no-brainer, honestly. I think to answer, you know, some of your confusion case, like, personally, I think it's just because people don't like change. People don't like changing in general. And, you know, players are no different than we are. They're human beings. Human beings don't like change. But if you look at baseball, and like you said, like, they've been doing this forever. Jonathan Taves came out a couple years ago now and said this makes total sense. So I don't see why they wouldn't. It's easier on travel. You build those rivalries even more and it makes total sense. So that's, you know, it's almost identical to the previous vote too, which I thought was kind of interesting. I wonder if it's, you know, what the overlap is there. Like if the same type of people are voting for, you know, wanting to go back to the normal divisions because they don't like change and then also not changing to a new you know i wonder what the overlap is there is is what i'm trying to say maybe maybe guys just get sick of staying in the same hotel in columbus ohio for a week you know (laughs) they just want to can we move on like i'll come back here later but i don't want to stay here seven days in a row yeah you gladly go to play the golden knights for two weeks straight but yeah Yeah, can you set up all like 12 of our games in one week or not one week, but in uh, one streak 
in Vegas. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah gladly stay at uh, Caesar's Palace for a week straight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then this is a fun one, guys, to, to wrap up season opinions. And so uh, it's on uh, which reverse retro jersey uh, is your favorite. And first of all, the retro, the reverse retro jerseys this year were fantastic, weren't they? Like They're some awesome. really, really cool ones. Uh, so Colorado with uh, those throwback Quebec Nordiques uh, jerseys. Uh, they took this one at uh, almost 29%. LA at number two. Calgary at number three with those black uh, jerseys with uh, the Blasty logo. Those are fantastic. Uh, Minnesota at four. Uh, Washington at five, that old Eagle logo, Anaheim at uh, six, and Florida at seven, and then 35.04% for others. So uh, thoughts on this, guys, and maybe one uh, team's reverse retro jersey that you thought would have made uh, this poll for sure? I think it is just kind of speaks to how how well they did this re- reverse retro when 35% yeah to other and then it's also pretty well spread out with with all these other jerseys because they're all good there's a few that i didn't like uh, one of them is on this list minnesota's is kind of uh assault like insulting to my senses with those colors but yeah. that's just a personal opinion it's very um, loud but i am very happy to see la's at number two because i love those jerseys so much me too. I loved LA's. I thought Colorado's were cool, and I think that's why they're number one. I think it has that novelty about it. It's it's kind of neat bringing back the Nordique logo, even if it's in different colors. I thought it was cool, but I would have liked to see them do you know the traditional colors, but that's not what this was about. It was reverse retro. You combine two eras together, and so whatever. I didn't get my wish, but maybe in the future they'll have a real you know Nordiques jersey, and I'll love it even more, but... So that was cool. Um, I was just happy that the Leafs jersey didn't make this list because personally, I hate gray on a Leafs jersey. But I will say, John Calvas has one. And that's the only one I've seen in person. And it looks much better in person, I will say. Like, it Mm. it looks pretty cool. It doesn't look great on TV. They even had to change the numbers so that you could read them on TV. But it does look a bit better in person. So I'll say that. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, really, like, it's a tie for me between two uh, of uh, the team's reverse retro jerseys on this list, and that's the Calgary Flames and the Florida Panthers. I just absolutely loved the look of these two. Obviously, love the Sabres ones that uh, they wore a few times this year. And so, uh, you know, maybe a few votes uh, for, for that white jersey. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, the reverse retro jerseys were such a great call made by the nhl this season so so that's great and uh if you would like to go online and check out this year's nhl player poll results you can go to nhlpa.com guys uh great to see you both uh last weekend Looking forward to the Pepsi Cup here next month, and we'll get the captains on for sort of a Pepsi Cup preview episode in the coming weeks here. So uh, anyways, we've got some stuff to look forward to. Things are starting to get back to normal here, and uh, that is that is great stuff. So uh, thanks so much for hopping on. Thank you to our listeners for listening, and uh, take care. We will talk to you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. 
New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.